Well, welcome to Who Said Chapel Was Cancelled um, for the, what is it now, the 12th of June. And uh, we're listening to the lovely notes uh, Michael is playing on the ivories. It's one of those videos that needs to be visual, really, just to see the speed at which his fingers are moving and his dexterity. Michael, thank you for that. And if you haven't yet listened to this week's uh, Thursday lunchtime concert, this is it. And I highly recommend uh, doing that. Uh, over the past few weeks, I've been listening to those uh, concerts while I've been working at the desk. And um, it's brought a little bit of normality and certainly some culture uh, into into my study. I highly commend that to you. So thank you, Michael, particularly for that um, in the middle of this assessment week. And I hope if you've been uh, neck deep in assessments, they've gone OK for you. I um, hope that doing them remotely has worked out okay there's something bizarre isn't there about doing um something quite formal and important in relaxed surroundings of home and i always found that very difficult when i was um when i was a teenager so i hope that's been okay for you um anyway we've got lots to look forward to we've got we normally call it a good news story but um, that's probably not an appropriate tag for it this time we're going into a little more depth building on nacho's conversation with mr salisbury and headmasters assembly from last week and that is a fantastic um, little interview with nacho and he's got fantastic things to say thought-provoking things and i really enjoyed that i'm going to share that with you uh, we've got some top tips from tom richardson uh, which are positive and helpful we've got a passage of scripture uh, which is challenging, actually, and I hope pertinent, and then some music to play us out. So I hope uh, hope you really enjoy it, and um, yeah, I hope it's a blessing to you, whatever you're doing, whether you're going for your run, uh, a walk, you're listening to it over breakfast, as I know some of you do, or just fitting into a little corner of the day. Thank you for joining me. So here we are for our um, good news story. Perhaps it'd be better... Um, more appropriate to say our big news story. Um, this is a conversation with Nacho about uh, Black Lives Matter, lots of the protests, the petitions, the chat in the media, on social media um, that's resulted from that in the UK as well as the States. And uh, yeah, thought provoking. And I think do allow yourself to be challenged by some of what he says. Okay, um, welcome Nacho. It's great to have you uh, join me virtually. Um, and uh, many of us will have watched your conversation with Mr. Salisbury um, from Headmaster's Assembly. Was it last week? Is that right? Just about last week, yes. Um, can, you, can you tell us what that conversation was about and what the petition was about that you have started? Um, the, the conversation was mainly about... Um, awareness of what was going on so what triggered all of these protests and riots which was the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis mm. and my petition is to make UK schools have racism and equality as a compulsory topic in the curriculum mm. to ensure that kids are educated and not naive and so they understand why certain things happen when they do yeah it sounds good. And um, I'll include the link to that petition in the email um, sent round in case you're interested in putting your signature on that. Now, for some of us um, listening to, to you speak now, Nacho, and watching our news and all the Black Lives Matter movement stuff, we might be thinking this is an awful thing. This is a massive problem for other people. 
um, systemic racism, but I don't think I'm racist myself. I feel like I'm quite an enlightened person. It's not a problem for me. What would you say to a Decanian or indeed a member of staff who's thinking that way, Nacho? Um, I'd say you may not consider yourself as racist, but at the end of the day, this is not just a battle that black people are fighting. It's something that we all have to do together because it affects all of us. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking earlier, Nacho, you were saying, you know, someone who, there's this term white privilege that's been banded around, isn't there? I mean, what is white privilege, Nacho? Pretty much, white privilege is pretty much um, inherited advantages possessed by a white person, which on the basis of their race in a society characterised by racial inequality or injustice. Mm, so, so what does the, what does not having white privilege feel like for you as someone who is black? There's kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of. You have to be cautious because you're always wondering what people think about you. So whether you're seen as a threat or as a dangerous character based on skin colour, which is, well, you get used to it, but it's not ideal. Well, it's less than ideal. That's, that sounds really, really hard. So, so you're saying for, let's say, a, a, a white, um, someone with white privilege, a Decanian with white privilege, we need to stand with the black community who don't have that privilege to increase your privileges. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And how could we do that, Nacho? I think support, educating yourself is the main thing. Yeah. Understanding why these things are so important yeah. and how effect, and how effective these things are. And many, I know many people are signing petitions and spreading awareness, which I personally think is really good and a really good way forward. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, and and of course your petition would be a good place to start. Um, do you think this is a tricky question? Do you think, Nacho, we should be colour blind? In other words, we shouldn't really notice the colour of someone else's skin, treat them just as a human being, a person like anyone else. Or do you think we should be colour conscious? You know, very aware of ethnicity and um, skin colour. Um, what do you think? Um, I have mixed feelings about this. I think that um, everybody is human, so they should be treated like one, no matter what, no matter what their skin colour is. Mm. But at the same time, we should also be colour conscious, and we should embrace each other's differences. Mm-hmm. And there was a um, when when we were prepping for the interview, you mentioned a verse that you were keen to to talk about. Now, why don't you mention that now? Um, so Colossians 3 verse 11 says here there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian or Scythian, slave or free but Christ is all and is in all and what does that mean to you Nacho? for me it's um, it's saying that no matter what your background is or what your origin is at the end of the day, we're still praising the same God. Mm. We're still following the same master. Mm. So we should do it together mm. instead of instead of being separated by our skin colour. Mm-hmm. That's really profound. Thank you. Last question. Um, obviously, the protests have spread over to the UK now and quite close to home um, here, just down the road in Bristol, there was the, re- the, the removal of... Um, 
uh, a slave trader, someone who'd made a great profit from the slave trade many, many years ago, Colston. And he was uh, removed from his, his plinth and, and thrown, the statue was thrown into the, the harbour. Um, what, what do you think about that? Um, I think that having a slave trader as a statue in the middle of the city is not really a great idea, especially considering the circumstances. But I don't think that it should have been thrown away because if you take away, if you get rid of the past and erase the past, there's always there's always um, a possibility that that same mistake could be made again. Could be made again. So if there's not a reminder to show the bad repercussions of what happened, mm. there's always a chance that people can make the same mistake again. So although I definitely agree that that statue should not be there, I say maybe they should have moved it maybe in a museum or something to educate people on the past and it can show people how to move forward and what to avoid. Mm-hmm. Sounds very wise, um, Nacho. Thank you for your time. Um, and um, thank you for your contribution to the podcast. Really appreciate it. And as I say, I'll put the link to your petition in the email sent round to the school. Thanks, Nacho. Thank, thank you, sir. Take care. Bye now. Yay! Well, thank you, Nacho, very much indeed uh, for that. Um, we've just had our, our yay call for our top tip for thriving in isolation. But just before we hear from Tom Richardson on that, I just want to underline uh, something Nacho said, which is the need to educate ourselves. I, th- I think that speaking personally and also listening to some of you speak on this topic this last week, um, the taboo nature of race and racism uh, can be put us off from talking openly about this from admitting personal bias when we sense it within ourselves maybe that's been something you've realized in yourself just this last week and i would uh, counsel us as nature has to actually pursue education there's lots and lots of helpful helpful stuff online to get involved and to think um, carefully about how best we can be a force for change and a force for good with this speaking personally i feel i'm on a journey with this actually and i found it helpful and revealing and um, challenging actually Um, just grappling with the politics of this with the um, philosophy of this and um, just the wisdom as to how best to uh, gain the best outcomes um, for everyone uh, in in the UK and I've also struggled to, to see clearly where I'm aware of my own blindness. It's pretty hard to see what you can't see. And we're going to hear more about that in the thought from Scripture later on. But thank you, Nacho, for that. Uh, for now, we're going to head over to Tom uh, Richardson. And I'm really grateful for his top tip. And I hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon. My top tip for thriving in isolation is to try to focus on what we are thankful for in our lives at the moment. With the many challenges that the current period has posed, it is easy to dwell on the negative aspects of life. And whilst I appreciate that I can only begin to imagine the enormous difficulties that some people have been facing in recent weeks, I feel that it is important to remain positive in tough times. It is important for one's mental health to be optimistic in times of trouble. One of the ways we can maintain a state of optimism is to take some time each day to think about the things we are thankful for. This does not have to be particularly insightful or complex. It can be as simple as being thankful for a roof over our head, a comfortable bed to sleep in, or the beautiful weather that we've been having recently. 
but focusing on what we are grateful for in our lives helps us to stay positive and mentally strong. I find that as I focus on one positive thing, other things come to my attention, and I realise that I am grateful for so much in my life. Personally, I am thankful for my privilege in being able to attend a school that has supported its pupils pastorally and academically through the lockdown. Many other pupils around the country have not been so fortunate, with many missing out on contact with their teachers altogether. I am very grateful for the way that the teachers have learnt new skills and embraced a new way of teaching so that we could continue our lessons online. I feel so fortunate to be a part of Dean Close and the caring environment that it provides. Maybe, as you wake each morning, you could focus on as many things as possible that you are thankful for. It will begin your day with positivity, even if the rest of the day doesn't quite go according to plan. I hope that everybody is staying at the safe at the moment. Thank you. Well, thank you very much uh, to Tom for that. And um, I would totally echo his thoughts there. Thankfulness is a discipline. We don't often think of it as that. We might think that it'd be natural just to feel thankful. And if we don't feel thankful, then we shouldn't be thankful. But actually, often we can discipline our own emotions to be thankful. And then sometimes our feelings follow. So thank you so much, uh, Tom, for that. For now, I'm going to hand over to um, Sydney Davis for our reading. The reading is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, starting at verse 1. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is God's word. Well, thank you, uh, Sydney, very much for that. It's it's quite a well-known passage and I find it deeply challenging. The reason I've chosen it is that I think it's particularly pertinent to our moment in time. Um, one of my observations about lockdown is that um, it has given us, not all of us, but some people more time to watch and listen and in some cases to criticise. Lots more time to view others through the portals of uh, media, the news social media, to see others and how they're behaving in the local neighbourhoods. And often that spills over into a critical spirit about others. Our so-and-so has not been out on a Thursday night clapping for carers for the NHS. So-and-so's had a friend visit them inside against lockdown rules, uh, whatever it might be. And there's quite a lot of critical thinking around, and especially so surrounding the Black Lives Matter. And that critical thinking um, isn't, I don't mean that in a positive sense, I mean a hypercritical thinking about others. And that cuts all sorts of directions. Very complex picture, these Black Lives Matter protests, a lot of which is good, as we've heard from Nacho. But I just worry that some of us look at the reporting in the media and we think, ah, oh, I'm so grateful that I don't have this 
this discriminatory streak in me. I'm so grateful that I'm not racist. Now, this passage says, before we criticise others, we need to have a good long look inside our own lives. It uses this uh, fascinating picture of eyes. It says, don't try and help someone and say, oh, excuse me, I think you've got a speck in your own eye. It's a picture of uh, a moral failing, a character flaw. I think you've got a moral failing here. I think you're a little bit racist here. I think you're uh, not obeying the rules rightly here. Before we do that, Jesus says in this passage, we should take a good long look in our own eyes. And only once we've removed the log or the plank from our own eye would it be safe to conduct, as it were, eye surgery on someone else. Only once we've looked at the moral failings in our own lives, perhaps the discriminatory bias in our own lives, even racism in our own lives, that we just allowed to go under the surface subconsciously, covertly, before. Only once we look at that is it wise and right to help others. And of course that leaves us with a little bit of a conundrum because if everyone is needing to remove logs from their own eyes and no one else can help them because they're all looking at their own eyes, as it were, well, to whom should we turn for help? And this is why I included the reading going into um, verses 7 and 8. Thank you, Sydney, for that. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. As a Christian, one of the things which I find immensely transformative and helpful when I know that I've got a blind spot but I can't quite see where it is. That's the nature of blind spots, of course. I'll take myself off for a, for a coffee. Uh, or in these lockdown days, just for a walk for an hour or so, if I can. And I will pray. I'll knock on God's door. I will seek him. I will ask for his help to reveal my blind spot, to reveal my bias, to reveal where I'm being more critical of others than I am being critical of myself, to reveal where I'm being hypocritical of myself, a hypocrite. And I must say, I commend that to you, to take some time out, Yes, to be thankful, and that is a w discipline worth pursuing. Thank you, Tom, for that. But also to pray that what would be revealed to us is areas where we are falling short ourselves, and only once we sort our own houses out, as it were, should we turn to others to offer our own help to them. So I hope that's a challenge to you, and I hope you'll allow yourself to be challenged by that. But for now... Uh, we are going to turn to Mr. Bell to play us out, to give us that chapel feel once more. Thank you, Mr. Bell, for this voluntary. <laughs> 